0: Welcome to Hope Talks, Stories of Transformation. Hope Talks is a project of David's United Church of Christ in Canal Winchester, Ohio, and dedicated to providing stories with different perspectives of hope.
1: This is Patty houston Home. My guest today is a frontline worker in one of Ohio's facilities for elderly. Brenda Welch is an activities director at Abington of Pickerington, one of nearly 800 assisted living facilities in the Midwestern state of Ohio. She had that role before COVID. As we talk tonight in the spring of 2021 and our pandemic restrictions have lifted a bit after about a year of really tight restrictions, Brenda is still spending much of her days with the most vulnerable when it comes to health. We have a lot to unpack today, so
0: let's get started. Welcome, Brenda. Patty, I appreciate the invitation and I'm really happy to be here.
1: So so Brenda, the theme of these podcasts at our church is hope. And I know you can tell us a lot about hope. But first, since we have listeners around the world who may not have facilities for elderly where you work, tell us a little bit about what an elderly assisted living facility is.
0: Okay, Uh, I'll be describing my experience with where I work. It's housing for the elderly or disabled people, usually 55 or or older, that provides nursing care, housekeeping, assistance with activities of daily living, social stimulation. And uh, it's a community that just exudes a really comfortable atmosphere, a home-like atmosphere. It's uh, family-oriented. And each resident has their own room where they're encouraged to add their own personal decorative touches to make it feel like it's their home. And there are also a lot of common areas that are very cozy where residents can visit. So basically, it's a step in Uh, care for people, the first step to help them as they age. So I know when my mother
1: uh, moved into assisted living, uh, the director at the time said to her, welcome home. It was like her home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, And right outside in her hallway, she called it her street. And the other residents, she called her neighbors. Uh, so it really was an environment like a home, and Brenda, you were one of the first people I met uh, when my mom actually came into your facility, but I didn't know what an Activities Director was. I just knew you were a really great, friendly person, so, oh, well, so thank tell, you. tell us
0: what an Activities Director does. An Activity Director wears a lot of different hats, Patty. A lot of people say, oh, you have such a fun job, and it really is, but there are a lot of details involved to making sure that everything is working the way it's supposed to be. The primary mission for an activity director in an assisted living facility is to enhance the lives of the residents. And That involves recreational activities, therapeutic activities, just creating a well-rounded schedule for them that they can choose activities that will help them feel like they're engaging in life and really enjoying their day. Uh, We make a monthly calendar to use as a guide as to what activity at a certain time each day is going to be happening. And then I go around and knock on doors and remind residents about what activity is happening and prompt them to come, invite them to come, and uh, tell them you know, that they, they'll really benefit from doing some of these social activities. And then also developing relationships with family members, especially when they first come because it's a difficult transition a lot of times for people who have been living in their homes their whole life and now they're in a totally different environment. So that's one of my roles is to help with the transition time to uh, develop relationships with volunteers and staff members keeping uh, an upbeat, enthusiastic spirit that hopefully will uh, encourage people to want to come to activities, showing an interest in people, staying within budget, scheduling entertainers, doing fingernails, and driving a shuttle bus. (laughs) Just a lot of different uh, details are involved in making sure that things are being carried off the way they're supposed to be. And even though we plan, you know, we work, plan our work and work our plan, there are a lot of days when we do have to change things up a bit. So it always says activities are subject to change on the calendar.
1: So speaking of changing things up a bit, um, you know, when COVID hit, in order to protect the most vulnerable from the virus, Uh, there had to be restrictions in the facilities that uh, family members and some of your volunteers couldn't come in. Uh, Life as you knew it kind of changed
0: a bit. Um, So what was that like? Well, when the COVID virus hit, as you said, everything was different in all our lives. And especially in assisted living facilities like ours, since the residents are among the most vulnerable. We had to run a really tight ship and um, our executive director was really good at making sure we continued to adhere to the ever-changing regulations that were coming from the Department of Health. The resident safety was our primary concern residents and staff, you know, were required to wear the masks and the gloves and all the protective equipment. We had to be six feet apart. And when I was in the activity room, we had we had X's on the floor. They're still on the floor to keep residents six feet apart. The volunteer program, as you mentioned, it's been on hold for a year now. So we've utilized zoom a lot from Um, having entertainers on Zoom, the church services, educational programs like the Metro Park uh, speakers. The internet's been really useful in many ways. We've done FaceTime calls with family members, which you really helped with that in the beginning. Um, Virtual museum visits I've done and armchair travel through the internet. And then I've been doing most all the activities myself now with some staff members helping occasionally when they have a little time. We've um, done window visits with family members. They, They are permitted to come in now with, you know, the restriction of being so far apart. But for a while that's what people were doing. The family members would come to their windows with their phones and be talking to them but that way they could see them. Uh, Some of the creative things we did we had window jugglers come and they performed outside the residence windows so that they had some entertainment that way. Our therapy dog and her owner would come to the windows as well, walk around the facility and wave to the residents. Just, we had a a lot of different ways of um, engaging with the residents and helping them to still feel like it was a good day. When the residents were totally in quarantine, due to some of the residents having COVID in the building. I took copies of games, uh, word games, Sudoku, inspirational reading material, just to try to keep up the resident spirits. We did our best, you know, under the circumstances to meet their needs, but it really did take their toll on them, as you know. We used our walkie-talkies to call bingo when they had to remain in quarantine. Anything we could do to brighten their day was our motto. We had uh, trick-or-treaters at Halloween time also come to the windows on the outside. And then we had made up trick-or-treat bags and had them on the porch for the trick-or-treaters. But you know, despite practicing all these precautions, as I mentioned, it did get into our building and we had 10 residents um, who caught it. And uh, I actually, contracted it myself at the end of December and was off work for a couple weeks. But fortunately, I was able to recover at home. So Brenda, um, I'm
1: gonna toss out some data here. Uh, We're talking about individuals, probably ages 65 to 100 Mm -hmm. in these facilities. So less than 1% of America's population lives in these facilities. But in the spring of 2021, this tiny fraction of the most elderly population accounts for 34% of the United States more than a half million COVID deaths. And in Ohio, 38% of our state's coronavirus cases are from long-term care facilities. Um, My quick question is, my mom's 92, i can't keep a mask on her how do you keep a mask on those people
0: (laughs) well i keep a box of masks in my office because a lot of times they forget that they need to have it on when they arrive at activities um i'm i told them i feel like the mask police because i'm constantly reminding them to keep it up over their nose so it's just you know a matter of reminding and having masks on hand and helping them put them on. So now that we're
1: sort of moving out of, uh, I mean, COVID still exists. Honestly, it might exist for a really, really long time, oh. but, but not as as bad as it was. As we're moving out of that, um, what kind of sense of hope do you feel? Uh, Regarding uh, the work that you do with elderly?
0: Um, well, I think, as you know, most of our residents are vaccinated now. We have a couple new residents who just moved in, and I don't believe they've received their first dose of the vaccine yet. But um, I think as more and more people are getting vaccinated, that that will help tremendously with being able to lighten up on some of the restrictions that um, you know, have been in place. So, you know, that gives me hope to know that the, the medical field is, you know, doing its best to roll out these vaccines so that we can hopefully get back to some kind of normal.
1: So, I know there have been times uh, when I've been in your facility in normal times, where you've prayed with me about different things going on in my life, and I've so much appreciated the Christian faith that we share. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about how your faith in Jesus got you through this difficult time.
0: Yes, um, I'd be glad to. i I am a Christian. And I'm, I'm grateful for the God-given opportunities that uh, he's given me to serve others throughout my life. And he's been a real source of strength. Uh, he gives me energy. He gives me peace. He gives me hope. And honestly, I don't know how people Can get along in this life without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. But um, it was when I was uh, in college that I realized I needed Him and I confessed my sins and believed that Jesus died on the cross for me. And I asked that His will be done in my life. And so for 20 years of my life, I was a pastor in a nonprofit organization. And um, I've also worked for uh, Ohio Youth for Christ. And I've worked for a Christian counseling agency. And now I am working at Abington. I've actually been there nine years now. And I feel like when I ask the Lord for his will to be done in my life, he's guided me to each place um, I've been. And one of my, my favorite scripture verses is found in The book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10a, the joy of the Lord is my strength. His his joy is, is much more than circumstantial happiness that people are looking for. It's just a deep, unexplainable peace that he gives despite what's going on around me. So in the midst of these challenging times of COVID and other challenging times of my life, it's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who rose from the grave, who continues to give me daily hope, Patty. Amen.
1: So, Brenda, uh, any final thoughts or stories or maybe what's next for you? Um,
0: Well, I... I do have a story I'd like to share that happened while I've been an Activities Director at Abington. Each resident that I have gotten to know has enriched my life in some way. Your mother was one of them. Um, she was just such a, hosp- or has been such a hospitable person. and. Um, I really learned a lot from her and the way she engaged with people and was always taking them little gifts to make them feel welcome. But one resident experience especially stands out in my mind. It was one day after we were playing the chair volleyball, of course, one of the favorite things that they've enjoyed doing and have missed doing, a resident came up to me, her face was just beaming. She had the biggest smile and she said, thank you so much for a great day, Brenda. And when she said that, it just made my day. And, and seeing the residents smiling and enjoying life, that truly gives me a lot of um, fulfillment. So this particular resident um, you know, told me how much she enjoyed the day. When I came in the next morning, I was told she had died in her sleep. And it was truly a shock because she had just been playing the chair volleyball the day before. And that truthfully is one of the hardest things about doing what I do. When a resident passes, um, it's very difficult because you become very attached to them. It's like they're part of your family. But this experience that I had with that happening is what helps to keep me engaged and passionate about what I do. None of us know how long we have here on this earth, but I want to help the residents every day to experience a great day and um, see big smiles on their faces. And it's been a very challenging task to try to do that through COVID, but we have had a lot of good days despite that nasty virus that's still going around so um yeah it's just one of the things that has really caused me to um just continue to have enthusiasm for what i do and passion
1: you know one thing i love about that story brenda is it reminds me to not let a moment go past that i don't tell someone else how much i appreciate them
0: Mm. For sure.
1: Yes. And uh, you're one of those people. And I would just want to say now, Brenda, that how much it's, I've really appreciated getting to know you over the last six years. I think it's been Uh, just, uh, you know, as a Christian sister and uh, seeing your energy and and your enthusiasm and your hope in the midst of so many different uh, tragic things that have happened. So I just, uh, you're a good role model for me. Well, thank
0: you, Patty. The feeling is mutual. I've really enjoyed getting to know you too and your precious mom and your sister.
1: (laughs) Yes, the whole family. We were like a family for sure. Yes. In that that facility. So, Brenda, I appreciate you uh, sharing some of your story. It's been my pleasure. I'm Patty Houston-Holm. My conversation today has been with Brenda Welch telling her story of being a COVID frontline worker with some of Ohio's elderly. If you have a comment about this podcast or an idea for a future podcast or a story of transformation, send us an email at hope talks at davidsucc.net. Be blessed.
0: Thank you for listening to this segment of Hope Talks. I hope you join us again. And please encourage others to listen and check out other David's United Church of Christ programs at davidsucc.net. It is our hope that your day is filled with hope.